Macy's Backstage has everything to help you get a fresh start, including active gear from brands you love. Reebok, Fila, K-Swiss, and more. Hurry in and find the best booties of the season, starting at $19.99. And pamper yourself. Bring the spa home with fragrant candles, aroma diffusers, even salt lamps, starting at just $5.99. Best of all, look for incredible markdowns in every department all month long. Macy's Backstage. Off price, on trend, arriving daily. Find your store at Macy'sBackstage.com. Today. Are you tired of living with stained and worn-out carpeting? Does the den look like bears spent the winter with you? Spring is here, and so is Empire Today's half-off-your-project sales starting now, but only for a limited time. Save 50% on a huge selection of carpet, hardwood, and laminate, standard padding and materials, and basic installation. Call the Empire Today half-off-your-project sale hotline now. 1-855-385-0681. Empire Today's free in-home estimates are easy and smart. Choose from high-quality flooring in the rooms where you'll use them with your lighting so you can see the color best. We'll do the measuring. You do the selecting and saving. But first, you must do the calling. Everyone loves the half-off-your-project sale. Even bears. Call the Empire Today special hotline. 1-855-385-0681. 1-855-385-0681. Empire Today. Select styles. Details at EmpireToday.com. SRN Survival Radio Network. Brown, the Joy Guru. Thank you for tuning in on this Sunday, February 15, 2015. Tonight's topic is teen suicide and prevention. We're your host, Alicia Brown, the Joy Guru. And I'm Will Strayhorn. All right. Well, teen suicide, tonight's topic, is one of the leading causes of death amongst teenagers. The Center for Disease Control reports that it's the third leading cause of death behind accidents and homicide of people aged 15 to 24. It's even more shocking. It's the fourth leading cause of death for those between the ages of 10 and 14. So this is a real problem, and it's not going away anytime soon. And, well, one of the reasons this topic is so near and dear to my heart is that I'm a childhood abuse survivor. And during those times, I often contemplated suicide as a means of escape. So I know all too well that a time where, you know, you're supposed to be at the prime of your life and your life is just beginning, how traumatic and dark circumstances can be where suicide seems like the only option out. Now, by the grace of God, you know, I'm so blessed that I didn't commit suicide. And he actually showed me that, you know, my pain has a purpose. Um, so 
in those efforts, part of my mission to play it forward was that I released a book late last year um, entitled Sometimes All You Have is Happy, A Guide to Obtaining Happiness While Awaiting Your Dreams. Um, Of course, that led to a platform. There's a blog. And, of course, the listeners can follow me at thejoyguru.weebly.com for more information. Um, It is available on Amazon. Uh, But the whole thing um, that I feel is that we all have a story to tell. All of us have survived something. All of us have been through something. And we need to share that story with as many people as possible. Um, to empower them and show them that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And, Will, what about you? Why is this topic so important to you? Um, well, I've shared a lot of the, well, most of the topics. Um, you know, we have our brainstorming sessions when we're thinking of show topics that we think people want yes. to talk about, some people who, you know, they're a little intimidated to talk about. But a lot of the subjects that um, I have come up with have been issues that I've dealt with myself. Um, church hurt, um, depression, um, and, and yeah. teen suicide. I didn't, of course, commit teen um, suicide, but there was a time in my life, I'm um, very young, very, very, very early in life, probably about 15, um, where I was just basically going through a lot um, with trying to um, – I've always been somewhat of an introvert. In, in high school, it got to a point where um, I was really, really isolated. Um, wow. And it wasn't even about a sexuality type of thing. It was just me getting acclimated to um, the environment, the school environment. I never really fit in. Um, really, in my own, all through high school, I only had probably about two or three friends um, that I could call. You know, they were my friends. Um, but it was a lot of pressure going on, pressure um, just coming into who I was, still not understanding what was going on inside. And right. it got to a point where um, I did attempt to um, take my life, and by the grace of God, it was unsuccessful. Um, After that, I kind of suffered, I would say, a mini meltdown, and my parents, my family, did see, I did see a therapist. Um, I think I got on like a, I think back at that time it was, um, what was that medication? It was for antidepressant. Whatever it was, um, that and prayer got me through it. But um, since then, I've, I've gotten to walk with Christ, and I know that he sustains my mind. He's the keeper of my mind. So um, when Amen. I get, get to those moments, and I still get to, I'm still a person who I don't have a lot of people in my inner circle um, mm-hmm. for a reason. So I do have those moments where it gets lonely. Um, but I, I know who to go to now, so I go to, I, I go to God in prayer. But that's why this subject, I'm looking in the, the on Facebook and in the news and on the news, um, in newspapers, and I just see all these young people who have their whole lives ahead of them um, committing suicide. And I'm like, wow, yes. you know, I was there. And like I said, by the grace of God, mine was unsuccessful, but so many people do it. Um, and that's why yes. this is so important to me. Yeah. Amazing. And and you're right. There are so many people, you know, by the grace of God, we were both blessed um, that yeah. we didn't take our lives. We didn't commit suicide. But there are so many people with identical stories. They're at the prime of their lives. And for whatever reason, they do follow through with that action. So as you can see, this is something that affects us all. It affects our community. Matter of fact, uh, the expert guest we have on tonight, he also had a failed suicide attempt, and he turned that attempt into an organization for suicide prevention. So I invite you all to stay tuned. 
hear a story and prevention methods and techniques. But we're going to take a quick commercial break real quick. Uh, You're listening to Let's Face It on the Survival Radio Network. you want to take your business to the next level? Ultimate Business Solutions provides the support you need to increase your customer base and sell more products and services online. Specializing in graphic arts, web development, and internet marketing, Ultimate Business Solutions creates the face of your business. If you're looking for a custom logo, dynamic website, or popping marketing material, call Ultimate Business Solutions today at 404-704-2197 or visit www.ultimatebizsolutions.com. Ultimate Business Solutions. Let us create your future. So Peter's Brew, um, the smell is... The smell is, is actually is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, where's come with the idea to make Jamaican gourmet coffee? Well, you know, um, it's probably one of the largest commodities in the world, mm. coffee. And, um, you know, we drink a lot of it, and none of it is represented by us. You know a black coffee right. company? No, I don't. Okay, here you go. Peter Thomas Ooh, is rolling is. out Peter's Brew, Jamaican rum flavor. Off the chain. That's all I can say. I'm just gonna let him know right you now. You get it. Petersbrew.com. Petersbrew.com. He not get your coffee. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> you drink coffee? Yeah, I drink it's coffee. It's crazy. I promise you, you're gonna be like, it's crack. You're gonna be cold. I want it to be crack. This crack to have it. This next week, it's your boy Blogzilla. We out. Don't judge. Don't judge. I'm Peter Thomas, and this is. I'm Cynthia Bailey, and you guys are watching Global Grind TV. Planning for the ultimate vacation? Do you want the perfect wedding and honeymoon packages? How about a relaxing cruise or group travel destination? You need Phoenix One Travel. Phoenix One Travel is one of the leading providers of travel services and travel education in the world. Give us a call at 678-358-8588 or visit our website at www.com phoenixonetravel.paycation.com Let's plan your dream getaway today. Welcome back to Let's Face It with myself, Felicia Brown and Will Strayhorn. Tonight we're discussing teen suicide and prevention and we are so honored to have as our expert guest, Matthew Dovell, President of International Suicide Prevention. Mr. Dovell has been a suicide prevention activist since May 1987 after his failed suicide attempt and has created the first online self-help procedures for depression, anxiety, PTSD, and suicidal thoughts. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Matthew Dovell. Hello. How are you you this evening? I'm great. How are you, Matthew? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. We're just so honored to have you here. (laughs) You know, one of the things I want to talk to you about is why are teen suicide rates so high, and why have these rates been increasing in the past few decades? 
Well, they've been going up uh, for a number of reasons, the normal reasons. Uh, most of the teens that contact me that are experiencing uh, self-harm uh, thoughts have had uh, traumatic experiences happen to them or perceived mm-hmm. perceived traumatic experiences because that's relative to your life experience. Uh, a slap could be traumatic to you, a harsh word could be harsh to you, or traumatic to you if you've never had those things ever happen to you. Uh, as well as something even more significant would be uh, uh, some kind of a a sexual assault type situation. Those, anything like that can be traumatic to somebody who's uh, young and, and not uh, experienced in, in those type of um, experiences. Mm. And also we have, you know, I don't know if you know, we're having kind of an economic situation going on which causes insecurity uh, uh, lack of hope uh, dismal uh, future prospects especially for people who are unexperienced in the in the work world and have no experience doing anything so they don't see the possibility of of earning enough money to be able to support themselves or somebody else that they've got in a relationship with. So that becomes uh, a troublesome thought for them. And the issue is we don't have any leaders in our country that are um, promoting a positive attitude or, or thought processes or hope that things are going to get better and, and we need to encourage our youth and population that, you know, we live in the greatest country in the world. And you can make anything of yourself that you want to and you set your mind to because the only thing that's stopping any of us from doing what we want to is ourselves and, and false beliefs. You can, you can make uh, yourself something that, you can be proud of or something you can be ashamed of. It's your choice though, but we need more people encouraging our youth to seek schooling, education, and, uh, and mentors that are able to uh, guide them in, in things that, uh, only people who've lived them and are mature enough to pass that on to other people. But we need, we need leaders to step up and and guide our youth, even if yes. it's just on the radio like you are, and tell them that, you know, there's always tomorrow. That's right. Today could be bad, but tomorrow could be great. It's up to you. You know, Matthew, also, um, in preparing for the show, I was just talking with um, a few friends about the issue at hand and, going over some of the latest headlines. And, you know, I was surprised mm-hmm. at some of the comments that the people who I were with at the table they were making. A lot of people were saying that they felt like people who committed suicide, um, it was an easy way out or they were selfish. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, in my research I found out that was, in fact, a, a myth that probably about 90%, I believe, the article had said, um, of the people actually have some type of a treatable um, mental disorder, perhaps like depression. 
Do you know mm-hmm. of any other type of myths that are out circulating, not just teen suicide, but probably suicide in general? Well, the biggest myth is our uh, labeling of uh, anyone that has thoughts of self-harm as a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though mental illness does fall under the the definition the of self-harm, mental illness has a a uh, belief that it's not fixable first of all it is treatable but it's it's only a maintenance and so when you say i i i want to kill myself immediately you could put it in a category of the shining with the uh, you know a guy with an axe in his hand trying to chop through the mm-hmm. door and and people become fearful of that image and they immediately uh want to not to be associated with the individual that's talking about self-harm. And, be, and that's the biggest problem we're having is stigma because of a lack of mm. education in our country. Uh, the the thing that people need that are suicidal is somebody to listen to them, somebody that's non-judgmental and says, I just want to hear what you have to say. Why are you feeling this way? What's going on? And they just want to be able to experience, express themselves and say, you know, this this is hurting me. This is, I'm having a hard time. Uh, I'm getting kicked out of my house. Whatever is going on, they need to express that verbally to somebody else, not mm-hmm. so that they can give them ideas or judge them or whatever. They just need to have somebody listen to them. And, and it's it's a, it's a a form of uh, acceptance and caring. A lot of people don't know how to care for other people anymore. We have become so uh, self-centered and self-seeking that we forget that, you know, until somebody's gone, that, wow, that person really mattered, and they took a big hole out of my life when they left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we we all need other people. True. Every single one of us. Mm-hmm. We can't do this on our own. That's and, right. And we need to stop the stigma of, somebody who's suicidal, and then after they die and say, well, they they were mentally ill, because all that does is make people who are thinking about suicide not want to tell people more, because they're thinking, well, they're going to think I'm mentally if I say something. Right. So the mental illness stigma is is horrible in our country. Mm -hmm. It is. And I remember you had said that same thing in a past interview, that in order to reduce and or eliminate suicidal thoughts, that the individual having those thoughts had to be able to communicate with others that they were having them without that stigma associated with mental illness. But how is that possible in today's society when it comes to teens? Well, that's where I come in because I'm I'm also a scientist and I've been studying – psychology for the last three decades and I actually have gone outside the box and I've created two techniques actually there's five techniques but two are actually self-help methods that people can go on to our website and they can actually bypass stigma that's where you tell somebody and you do a procedure online that addresses the cause of depression anxiety PTSD and uh, suicidal thoughts, because those are just symptoms, and and we're just treating symptoms. And as long as you're treating a symptom, you're never going to get to the cure of, of anything. 
just like a, if it's a physical illness, if you're treating the symptom, you're not going to actually treat the cause of the symptom. Like if you got cancer, if you're treating somebody who's bleeding, you may stop the bleeding, but the cancer is still growing. So now it, it gets a little complex, but there's mm-hmm. components. There's components in a memory. When you have a trauma, you have the sensory, which is your senses, your five senses. That data gets put in storage, and then you get an emotion attached to that. That's a single memory. It's a component. Now, the intensity level of that experience, if it's beyond the scope of a usual life experience, then it's considered a trauma. Mm-hmm. Traumas, traumas do not pass from the conscious mind into the subconscious. They stay in your conscious mind. That's why they're always in your thoughts. And every time you have something you do or see or smell or taste that's associated with an experience that you don't want to remember, it, it gets brought up. So a trauma becomes a, a focal point of your thoughts, which you only have 25% of your brain. I, I kind of get crazier, but uh, 25% of your energy goes to operate your brain. If 10% of it's focused on something that happened to you when you were five, you're going to have a hard time functioning in the world and you're going to get depressed. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to have PTSD. You're going to want eventually want to kill yourself because you're not able to function like you think you should be able to, which is what I do. I, I take that memory and I discharge it. Eliminate the the intensity level so it can pass through into the subconscious. I have a procedure called four phase that does that on uh, on our website, International Suicide Prevention. It's free. It's quick. It takes less than five minutes. Believe it or not, we have wow. We have we have two hundred people per day going to our website now. Two hundred. Wow. Before I put it on the website, we used to have about 10 people a day going to our website, four or five calls to our suicide prevention hotline per day. Now we have 200 people per day going to our website, and I get one suicidal call per week. And mm. the phone number is still there. It's not like I hid the phone number or something. It's still there. It's this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But people are doing the procedure, and it's actually helping them. And it's so wonderful you offer that online, especially with teens and the social media generation. That is something to preserve that privacy, that they're more comfortable probably going to your website to seek out those resources. Absolutely, and that's the reason we put it there. We have we have uh, we boast a lot of things. One is that many people, and that number you would think is pretty awesome, and it's very very cool that that many people are going there, but it's actually pretty weak when you start adding the numbers up, because we have 100 people per day in the United States killing themselves. Hmm. 100 people per day. Now, there's 23 attempts for every suicide. So now we're up to Hmm. the 2,300 range of people per day that need help. So 200 per day is not doing that that good for us. We're wanting to get more in the 1,000 range of people that are aware of what is available out there without medication, without long-term treatment, without going to a psychiatrist or hospital and get a lockdown, five minutes, boom, you're done. It's Mm -hmm. permanent. 
this is a permanent thing. It's not something temporary. Because what it does, once that memory passes through, it's no longer an issue for you. In fact, it causes amnesia with that particular memory. You you have a hard time even recalling that it took place. Wow. You have the data, but you won't have the emotion attached to it anymore. You'll be apathetic to it, and it won't be in your conscious mind any longer. The only time you'll think about it is if you write it down and try to remember it. It's pretty hmm. significant. That is. Matthew, <laughs> Matthew also, I, in, in talking, we were noticing there was a, a pattern. Well, not necessarily a pattern, but we were looking for is there a certain risk group of people. Most of the ones that I have seen personally um, in the news have been related to, like, sexual orientation um, or gay teens who are either attempting to commit suicide or actually going through and committing suicide. What other youth groups? youth groups are at risk? Well, the the reason that it seems like a lot of uh, sex uh, uh, people who have uh, alternative lifestyles or or, uh, they're prone to other types of what we consider to be normal, I don't know what normal is, but but what society considers to be normal, Anytime we start saying that something's not normal, it gets a lot of focus. And mm. and it doesn't mean that there are more people who are, are uh, sex, gender uh, prevalent to others, you know, like they, they're gay, basically. If they put a lot of focus on it, it doesn't mean their rates go up anymore, just there's more focus on it. Given the right situation yeah. or circumstance, anybody... Be- can become suicidal. Period. Mm-hmm. You, you, I. The people I deal with have been sexually molested. Most of them, and, and that's even if they're they're gay or straight. It doesn't matter. They, mm-hmm. Anytime you uh, forcibly uh, have sex with somebody, it, it's going to cause them to be traumatized, mm-hmm. and and then they don't feel that it's safe to tell somebody about it because it's such a stigma in our culture because people will say, well, it's your fault. You caused this. This is, this is a, you know, you dressed this way or you were in that place alone. You should have expected that. That's not fair to say that to somebody who was forced into doing something. Exactly. Right. So, so they don't feel that safe to express or tell somebody about those situations. That's another reason why I created these uh, self-help procedures because you don't have to tell somebody about what happened to you. And and I, quite frankly, I got tired of hearing about people being molested. I I, be, I become misanthropic, you know, uh, disenchanted with humans because <laughs> it's like, wow, I hear these horrible stories about people and it's, it's not uh, a story. It actually does happen to people. So I... I, uh, I I have a lot of compassion for anybody who who calls me, and because they're at a point where they're going to kill themselves. It's not right. a, a maybe thing. They're they're calling me because I'm the last stop. They've right. tried medication. Mm-hmm. They've gone to church. They've done all these things, and it's not helping. Mm-hmm. And within 15 minutes, I do the procedure with them over the phone, and they're done. They're they're wow. That procedure is permanent. They. The thought, the trauma gets removed from their thoughts. Mm-hmm. 
it's no That's longer amazing. controlling their decision process. So you've had a lot of success with your program. I've I've had what? You've had a lot of success with your program that people will call. Oh, with absolutely. I've, I've not lost uh, one person that's called me in mm-hmm. nine years. Right. Cause, cause that I'm, is wonderful. I'm the, I'm the guy that they call. On our hotline, for nine years, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, with no pay, <laughs> I've been answering <laughs> the phone. So, I mean, it's not. I'm not motivated by... I'm going to get my check this week. I right. I work another job to make, to make a living. This job I do because it's the right thing to do. Right. Yeah. And and I know that I'm making a difference in the world. And mm-hmm. I tried to kill myself and I had one of those experiences, the near death experience and and I uh when I tried to kill myself, I went to a very dark place. And uh and I've actually died twice. I I drowned at 12, went to the white light, met Jesus Christ. He sent me back, said I had work to do. Obviously, I had work to do. And right. uh, at 25, I d- tried to kill myself. I wrote a book about it as well. It's called My Last Breath. And mm-hmm. that was uh, I was on Good Morning America, 2020, all these other shows, Coast to Coast and... Uh, that's all. That all pales in comparison to the work I'm doing, helping people to overcome their suicidal thoughts and their trauma that's got them to that place. None of yeah. this would be possible without Robin Williams killing himself last year. Because that mm. uh, I wasn't I wasn't due to release this information for another year, and because it was I was pr- putting it into medical journals and. And when he passed away, he was a very uh, inspirational person to me, the movies he picked and his characters. And it was so impactful that I said, that's it. This has got to be released. I don't care if it's in journals or anything. It's got to get out there now. And then Google got behind us, and they said, we're going to give you 10000 a month in advertising to make sure uh-huh. that anyone who's searching on our website finds this. Exactly. And that's where we're getting the 200 people per day from is Google. Even though that money is not cash, it does serve a purpose to get people to come to our website, which I'm extremely grateful for. Yes. And, Matthew, I I do want to pause for just a moment. Um, You're giving so much great information, but I want to remind the listeners that the phone line is open. Uh, So we know there are those of you out there that have comments and questions for Matthew. Um, You can call in. The number is 1-917-932-1078. Uh, you would push number one to be in the queue um, because we do want to take your questions and comments. Uh, But one of the things we see so much on the news about bullying, um, is that an increased risk for suicide with our teens today? Oh, absolutely. That is another um, trauma because you got somebody who's, who's bullying you. I actually feel for the bully, too, because you don't just act that way. No, right. no one acts out towards other people because they they find it fun. It's it's learned behavior because somebody's doing that to them, so they're acting out in a way that empowers them. Because at home they're or wherever they're at that this is happening, they're very disempowered. And 
So they're acting out on people who are weak, and this is a way for them to get that energy out that's trapped in them. So they're traumatized as well. The bully needs worked with as well as the victim they're picking on. But anyway, these things are all related to the same thing, and mm-hmm. it's, it's trauma. And people need to understand that. And that's I'm grateful you have this on the show because every time somebody calls me, the thing I ask them is, what's going on? And I say, well, I want to kill myself. Okay, I say, why? Well, something's, you know, I, my dog died or whatever it, ha- whatever it is. They say, you know, I feel depressed and nothing's working. I say, well, how long have you felt this way? Mm-hmm. Every time, this, is a, this takes 15 minutes. I, I get to where they say, well, I've always felt this way. When you were five, you felt this way? No. I, I felt this way, I've, I guess, since I was 25. 25. What happened at 25? Well, you know, I got raped. Oh, well, that could be significant. Let's let's look at that. Well, I don't think that was like 20 years ago. Okay, well, it's still, that's what's causing the problem now. So once you do the procedure on that situation, then there's a 24-hour period that your brain actually reboots like a computer and it it literally starts you over again and then that that trauma is no longer in your consciousness and you have a freedom to do the things you were supposed to be doing in the first place on this planet in this reality I guess you could say mhm but bullying Matthew, do... go ahead no, I was going to ask you, I was just curious about the question of the rates between male and female. I, I was just assuming, excuse me, Alicia, that females will have a higher rate. Is, is mm. there, um, well, females have a higher, uh, they they uh, attempt more, but males succeed more, four times more than females because they use a more lethal method. Uh, wow. So... You know, females generally will use uh, pills or, or you know, they'll use pills. And they you have to understand what it takes to kill a human being. And it's a lot. So uh, generally they survive those attempts. But that does not mean they're not going to attempt again. They Generally, if you attempt a suicide and you fail at it, you will attempt again later on if you don't get help. Right. But I'm I'm offering the help without having to go to a psychiatrist or a counselor. But I do want to say that if you do not get the relief from the procedure, which is medically endorsed, then you should go to a a mental health specialist hmm. because they're the issue is this is the this is the bottom underlying issue of all trauma with every human being the The procedure is about one thing it's about forgiveness and it that's not the procedure but it, it, that's what it's about so if you're not ready to forgive somebody else or yourself, you're not going to do the procedure Wow. Bottom line. Wow. So those people, I you know, they're probably in the 1%. For me, I've come across 1%. They refuse to do the procedure because they're not ready to forgive themselves or somebody else. Mm-hmm. 
So those because are they, the people you feel we can't help. Well, they're the ones that need to go see uh, a higher level of mental uh, health yeah. professional. Mm. They they need to go and do something else because they are they're in, they're either incapable or they've blocked out the situation so much that they're in, un, incapable of even seeing the trauma anymore. Wow. Which is well, very, you know, it's very common. When you're talking about teens and, and the issue of teen suicide, um, as a family member or a friend or a member of the community, how do you tell the difference between typical teen hormones and mood swings or someone that's actually considering suicide? Well, anytime somebody says, I want to die, or I want to kill myself, I don't want to live anymore, anytime somebody uses that type of verbiage, you need to sit down with them and talk to them and say, "Why? where is this coming from? Because you got to take that serious. Mm-hmm. I don't care what's going on. Even if, if it's a tantrum because they didn't get to go to a dance or something, you still sit down and you have a talk with them. Because, that, because teens act out of impulse, and they could go in their room and kill themselves, even if they had no history whatsoever. That's very common. And they say, wow, I didn't know they were that serious. They had no signs or anything. Well, they, teens are very are, they're driven by their hormones, and mm-hmm. and they could uh, they act impulsively. Other the other thing is that uh, teens are uh, a teen. The number one warning sign for teens for depression is apathy. You would think it's you know that they have signs of depression or whatever these all these other signs, but apathy is the most overlooked teen sign warning sign for depression and suicidal thoughts. Wow. The other thing is too, if if a t- if a teen's having a problem, you got you got to understand it may be an ongoing problem that's still occurring, like bullying. That's a good one. And also, they could be getting molested on a regular basis. And they need to be mm. removed from the situation. they got to be removed to a safe place that they know they're not going to be put back into that situation again. Then you can deal with the trauma. But if the trauma is ongoing and continuing and still happening, you're not going to be able to help them. Right. Mm-hmm. Most is people don't understand. Like... No. Okay. In the field of, Matthew, in the field of suicide prevention, um, is there anything new going on to help those people who are suicidal in, in, in the whole entire field of prevention? What's, what's going on as far as the new treatment? Well, we're the ones that are doing the emergence of, of new cutting-edge technology. This, the, these two self-help procedures are the cutting-edge of, of suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. Our job right now is doing what we're doing right now, is getting on the radio uh, promoting the fact that this is available and does work and you doesn't require you to tell somebody or get a medication or go to a hospital or do all the things that are normally seen as what people do when they're suicidal. That's where we're trying to change public opinion, perception, and help people, which we're, we're doing all those aspects. Uh, we have a little booklet called suicide prevention guide booklets and we are printing these up to give to schools to put in their um, nurse offices 
the principal's offices, and we have posters also that say they're on our website that we're, you can, if there's, there's no profit here for us, but they cost five bucks. You get mm-hmm. these posters, you put them in your school, it says, are you suicidal? Go to this website, work this procedure. It's free, anonymous, quick. It's help, self-help. Mm-hmm. Those posters will save people's lives, especially teens, and they need to go in the schools. We don't have the money to print them up. Even though our costs are low and we don't have any employees, we still have about $5,000 a year in overhead with Internet, phones, and right. and, uh, and publishing certain things we do at the schools on a local level. But we still need help in publishing and getting this word out to more schools and more teams. You know, we have... So your, your whole goal probably is that you're, you're trying to reach more organizations similar to yourself across the country to uh, yes. basically share in your method. Yes. Yes, that's our goal. You see, the the biggest obstacle we have is that it's like the FDA. They have to Anytime you have anything to do with schools or with the government, they have to have a proven method that's been documented. And even though we have the documentation, we have proof it works, they're not going to jump on the bandwagon until they have uh, grants and studies. You know how that goes. It's Mm. very very, uh, disempowering. So we just said, you know what, we're just doing it. We're just... We're we're, go, we're, rapping, we're out there. We're gonna. We don't care. God's on our side, and we're doing it. We don't care what anybody says. We've got the support of God, so try to stop us. How does the new self help work? I'm, I'm, I'm a little curious. Okay, so I'll give you a rundown. The there's EMR, and that's in the uh, Suicide Prevention Guidebook. But that one works okay. on phobias. You have a trauma, and you're in the trauma is a red light. And now every time you see a red light, you don't like red light, so you you get a you get afraid. So you work the EMR on the on the red light, and it will make that so it's not uh, an issue for you anymore. Now four phase goes straight to the trauma. In the trauma, I said that you got the five. Sensory, there's actually 22 or 23 sensory data inputs, but we'll stick with the vision, audio, emotional, or kinesthetic, uh, touch, or uh, taste, and smell. We'll stick with the five big ones. Mm-hmm. Those are those are permanently in your brain. Everything we do every day goes in there. That's your sensory, and that the only thing that makes a memory memorable is if your emotion is has a level of intensity. Just like if you go to dinner last week, if you can remember any meal you had, it was really good. All the other ones, you don't even remember them. But if I hypnotize you, I can have you remember every meal you had all week. So the data is there, but it's only able to be recalled consciously if the emotional intensity is there. Now, once you reach a threshold, it becomes a trauma. So if the food was poisonous and you uh, got sick and almost died, that's that's a trauma. So now 
you take the four phase, doesn't matter how long ago the memory was, as long as you can remember what happened, the four phase is you take the memory, and if you're listening, you can do this with me. You look at the memory, you close your eyes, and you see the memory. From, from beginning to end, if there's multiple traumas, you have to do one each at a time, but do just one at the moment. You'll see the trauma from beginning to end, and then you go into the trauma and you change a person, their face, their gender, and you go through the experience with this changed individual, like uh, a woman's face becomes a man's face. A man's okay. face becomes a woman's face. You change that aspect using your imagination. Go through the experience. Start over again. This time you change the whole appearance to black and white. There's no color. Go through the experience again with the changed character. Start over again. This time if they're speaking to you in a deep voice, make it a high voice. If it's a high voice, you make it a low voice and you speed the voice up using your imagination again. No color, change character to the end. When you get to the end, do it in backwards, like you're watching a movie in backwards. When you get to the beginning, one more. That's four phases. I've changed. You've changed four aspects of a memory using your imagination. You phase between the conscious and subconscious using your imagination. Once you've done those four four changes of a memory, you can no longer remember the memory the way it was. And it's been desensitized. The the intensity level drains out of that. If you've been listening, if you feel a, you should feel a a lightness in your your, uh, temple area. Like a, a light, like a white light. And maybe some splintering in your forehead. Like a little finger's going through your forehead and you'll be uh, tired. Those are the signs that you've done the procedure correctly. Okay. And then you'll, you'll want to take a nap afterwards because the the intensity level of what you've been experiencing catches up to you, and you need to sleep. And then once you sleep, you basically shut your brain down and you process process that information that's been there for a day, a year, 20 years, and it take, it processes it, puts it, categorizes it, puts it in a catalog in your brain, but it's no longer in your conscious memory after that. Okay. And you that's know, Matthew. Got you. <clears throat> you know, it just sounds so. There's there's definitely a science to this. There there's definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but you know, in your case, you, you share with us that you actually survived a failed suicide attempt. What age was that, and what were the signs that those around you missed? Well, I was was 25, and actually I I was in the military, and I um, got discharged because I became suicidal, and they put me in the mental health hospital in the Air Force, and they said that, uh, you know, you're you're not, you're a liability, so we're discharging you. 
which I didn't want to be discharged. I just didn't want to feel that way anymore. So, and that's the same issue they're having now with the military is they take you, right? They uh, they take you out of your job. They take your security clearance and then they discharge you and put you. And that's why the vets are so high in suicide rates now. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not issue, they're not addressing the issue. They're just getting rid of it and, and pushing it off to the vets. So the 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 signs that I had. I told some people I was going to kill myself, but they said, well, this is not our issue. This was a, a while ago. I'm 52 or 53 now, so it, this was when I was 25. You know, even though it seems like it wasn't that long ago, it was a long mm-hmm. time ago, and, and our perception of how to deal with that was different, even though it's the same. Right. We, they didn't know how to address it, so they just thought, well, you know, unless he tries to kill himself, we're not going to be able to do anything for him. And wow. I I got discharged. I I got worse, and I got more dis- despondent. But nobody, I didn't want anybody's help because pride and ego wouldn't allow me to ask for help at that time because I just felt like I'm a man. i got to figure this out on my own. And, uh, and it was very discouraging to find out that I... <laughs> It was like one of the worst moments of my life when I came to from that suicide attempt. Like, man, I can't even kill myself. That's the way I, I saw it. it was like, you know, so I wasn't giving it a half half shot. I really tried to do it, and and so wow. I really felt like I was bad at the, at that point. And I did turn myself into a psych ward after that. And they said, "Do you still feel like that?" And I go, "No, I don't feel like that now." And they said, "Well, they just put me in a, a counseling outpatient type." environment and said, you know, come here once a week and talk to a counselor. And, and I did talk about what what I was experiencing, but it didn't make the suicidal thoughts go away. Right. And that's and when what I you was said like, is so scary. So that's when I was like, I need to, I need to find a solution for this because I don't want other people to have this problem either because I, I can see the pattern. And that's why I developed right. these procedures. And I, I've worked everything on myself. I've been hypnotized. I, I became a hypnotist. I studied the conscious, subconscious. And then there was patterns where every single person I talked to had a trauma. Getting them to admit it was the other thing. That's the hardest part. Right. And then once they admit it, then case, you say, in my I'm case, sorry, I, had, I had trauma as well. And I had to work these procedures on it. Once I worked the procedures on them, it was gone. It was gone. I don't. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember what they were at this point. That's how wow. significant the procedure is because I, I don't even have it in my – I'd have to be hypnotized to remember what my traumas were. And how do you make sure that's not repression? From oh, it's definitely not re- re- repression. If that's what, that's what side effects are. Side effects are mm-hmm. bipolar – uh, disassociative disorders, uh, a- acting out in a uh, manner that is uh, life-threatening or extreme sports, anything that people are doing that can cause you harm or death, and, and afterwards they're not, you know, they're they're wanting more. There's more to an adrenaline junkie than just adrenaline because it's a mask. I always think of it as the Winnie the Pooh effect. Winnie the Pooh is stuck between the conscious and subconscious, but you can see his butt. So the rabbit's trying to hide his butt by he makes a face on his butt, he puts a antlers on it, he 
he does all this thing and he gets so disgusted with it, he turns his back and he looks in the mirror and there's the butt again. Uh-huh. You can't you can't hide it. It's there. Uh-huh. But people will do anything to get rid of that trauma. Subcon- subconsciously, they're trying to do. It's sort of physics. Physics is for every action, there's an equal or opposing uh, reaction. So, if you have a trauma, you have to do something equally as intense as the trauma in order to equalize the pressure you're feeling in your brain. So people do things outside of themselves, like overeat or oversex or undereat, anything so they don't have to deal with that trauma. People, that's a good experience. People who are, are not a good experience, a good example is somebody who overeats. They've been traumatized. Somebody probably said, you're ugly. Next thing you know, they're eating because food is good. Food makes me happy. And I don't have to deal with somebody said I'm ugly, you know. So now I'm, mm-hmm. and now I, then somebody else calls me more ugly because I've gotten overweight. So I eat more food because food is good. It makes me feel good. And they eat, they eat an equal amount of food that tastes good to the trauma they're experiencing. Next thing you know, they weigh 400 pounds. That happens all the time. Exactly. All the time. So, Matthew, we've promoted the flyer in all the groups that we that we could find that were related to yeah. suicide, teen suicide. So suppose there is some I'm sure that there is someone who's listening who possibly could be contemplating suicide. Looking for a reason just mm-hmm. to hold on. What would you say to that person right now? I'd I'd say don't give up because this is a new hope. This is something that that you don't have to deal with anymore. It, because if I don't think about trying to kill myself anymore, you don't have to. And I was at a point where I did try to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And if you go to our, our website, it's supportisp.org, and it's International Suicide Prevention. We have those booklets are in nine languages. The four phases are already in three languages. We have people donating their time to translate these. People around the world are getting on board with this because they see that this is working, doctors, psychiatrists, counselors, they know this works. It just takes time to get the information out, and that's called critical mass. Uh, We have to reach a point of critical mass. It's like cell phones. Uh, You you see a few people with cell phones 30 years ago, and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, bam, everybody's got them. Even babies got cell phones in in their stroller now. (laughs) <laughs> because you reached a point of critical mass. It's like 20% of the population. Once you reach that point, it's everywhere. Right. And mental illness will be a thing of the past, for, except for the people who are truly mentally ill, which there are people who are truly mentally ill, and they do yeah. need uh, people to take care of them. But the other ones, the trauma, the mental illness is driven by trauma, mm-hmm. which I... I, I want to get rid of the stigma of mental illness and suicidal thoughts or self-harm. Cutting's a good one, too. People cut. I got to talk to a cutter, and I said, uh, why? when they finally trusted me enough to tell me, they said, you know, when I cut my hand or my wrist, I'm not trying to kill myself. I'm trying to take my thoughts and put them in the moment because I'm thinking about something that happened when I was five. So I cut myself, and I have to focus on I'm bleeding. Right. And it's like, wow, you know, 
okay, let's work on that. And then, and exactly. then they stop cutting. And then they stop cutting themselves. Mm-hmm. But you have to get in there to where they trust you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you're and not going to say, oh, my that, God. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of that, you've given us so much information, and you did mention the website, but if you could tell us one more time, what is the way that our listeners can get in contact with you and your resources? Well, you go to you, you can search on Google International Suicide Prevention. It's a nonprofit, five hundred one c three. So anything that's donated is is a complete tax deductible. Mm-hmm. We uh, our phone number's on there. My name is Matthew Devell. And you did say it correctly. I'm very impressed by that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but people have called me a lot worse. So. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you can go on to our website, supportisp.org, and, and the the process. Most people are going to want to go there and do the procedure anonymously. Which you know what? I, God bless them. Go there, do it, feel better. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. Awesome. Go to the website, feel better. It's free. Figure out where it's at because it's there's a lot of information on there, but it's mm-hmm. there. It's free. It's quick. Five minutes. All you do is read through it and do it, and you're done. Five minutes to save a life. Yep, five minutes. That's awesome. Well, you know, we thank you for coming on the show tonight. Um, We thank you for sharing your expertise and these wonderful resources where someone can log on right now and in five minutes get the help that they so desperately need. And we hope that in the future you'll come back, share with us some other parts of your program and services, and we wish you continued success. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real honor to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. You too. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Great. Will, that was just amazing. You know, had no idea that there were so many resources right there available for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, one of the things I would say in just closing is that everyone you meet every day is facing some type of battle. So each day we need to look for someone, you know, just to send a little extra kindness, uh, maybe go out of our way with the word of encouragement. Um, I know sometimes it might be something as simple as a smile. Um, It makes a big difference in somebody else, you know, someone else's day. Or even that person... Even that person, I've had to change my attitude towards. You know, you have that rude person in the drive-through, the, the the teller, or even at the mm-hmm. bank or the cash register. Everybody has bad days, and yeah. you know, who knows what they're contemplating on doing when they get off. So I've had to, you know, sometimes hold my tongue and offer a yeah. smile instead of a harsh <laughs> word sometimes. Um, now so that's like so true. Everybody is going through. But next week, mm. next week, I know last week I introduced the wrong show. But next week we have coming up, um, you know, black Greek organizations, they were born out of the need to organize and serve their communities at a time mm-hmm. when really black people were denied the most basic rights. So right. Fine Nine was formed, black Greek organizations, they began with noble aims to continue to serve their communities. They, all, they were also very instrumental in building leaders like Dr. Martin Luther King and to inspire others to just be greater. But today the question stands, do people believe that joining fraternities and sororities um, are worth it? Or are people mm. joining now for the wrong reasons? 
So next week we have our guest, Felicia Commodore, and she's from the University of Pennsylvania. She's going to be here to share her research and her findings um, to answer the question, are black fraternities and sororities still relevant? And we're also inviting you, um, those of you who are in organizations, um, to call in and answer the question, I'm proud to be a member of my organization because blank. So if you want to do that, we we have people who are calling in, who are um, asking us to put their name down. They're going to call in next week. Um, Email us through www.letsfaceitradio.com and sign up. We only have a few more slots available, but if you want to do that and represent your org, make sure you um, send us an email through letsfaceitradio.com. And that's next Sunday, February 22nd. Yes. And I know, you know, right here in Virginia, there was a fraternity that was suspended this week um, amid hazing allegations. You know, so it's definitely a topic we want to talk about. Are the fraternities and sororities still relevant? And and what do they really do for our community? So we're definitely looking for all members to to call in, get their name on that list, so they can definitely get ready um, to talk about their fraternity. Up next, please stay tuned for the Elevated Mind Show on the Survival Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Will Strayer. And I am your co-host, Alicia Brown. And let's face it, in life you're going to be faced with many choices, but the most important choice you will ever make is when you choose to be bold, be beautiful, make the choice to be you. Until next time, we're your host, Alicia Thank Brown. Thank you for listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends on the Survival Radio Network. Please be sure to visit us on the web often at letsfaceitradio.com for the latest in show information, including upcoming shows, special guests, spotlight interviews, as well as exciting, innovative ways that you can be part of the show. So tune in next week for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it. Run to Old Navy for your favorite Old Navy active styles. Compression leggings and Old Navy active pants are just $12 for adults, $10 for kids, two days only, tomorrow and Sunday, at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 15216, select styles only. What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need. Like paper. And right now, when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multipurpose paper, you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way. Buy one case of Staples multipurpose paper, get one free. Now at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In-store only, limit 10. Valid through 1519. 